We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our early week edition the game plan. My name is Chris Plank, and I hope everyone had a great weekend. Uh, Listen, I I owe everyone a big apology because we were hoping to have a post-World Series edition of the pod, but I think when Shea Knighton hit that game-tying home run in the top of the seventh with two outs, I think I blew a vocal cord or something because uh, I paid for it the rest of the week, and it, <laughs> it legitimately took some time to kind of get back to normal. In fact, DJ Sanchez, I think, was having a good laugh if we could muster up a smile in the postgame show because legitimately words just weren't coming out. Uh, but an incredible run for this senior class comes to an end, so we'll talk a little bit about OU's World Series run with Jessica Cootie, and she had – she had an incredible piece that dropped. You know, it's it's not as in-depth as a feature, but it might be more impactful than anything that Jess has done involving softball and how beyond just the goal of winning championships and the goal of obviously success on the field, they want to spread the love off the field. They want to be a light, and we'll talk to Jess about that coming up here in just a bit. And we are going to bring you a second podcast this week. You know, sometimes in the summer months, it can be a little bit slim as far as breaking news, and obviously there's really no events going on. But 
uh, later in this week, I'm hunting down JT Gasso or Coach Patty Gasso. They have softball camp this week, so I'm hoping we'll be able to slide out to Marita Hines Field and talk to him a bit. Uh, hoping to talk to Pooh Williamson as Lon Kruger added to his staff with a former standout from the University of Tulsa and then tons of news to get to as far as the three-point line getting pushed back. Uh, and listen, there's always, there's always football news to talk about as we inch closer to kickoff with Oklahoma and Houston in the season opener. But uh, listen, of all the things that we mentioned so far, we failed to mention Diamond Sports. And it was a huge weekend in the MLB draft for the Sooners, but not necessarily with guys making the decision to turn pro. Perhaps one of the biggest offseason wins for Sooner baseball has already taken place as Braden Fink, despite his high draft, I guess you could say, round in which he was taken, has decided to return to school and play for the Sooners for what will be his redshirt junior year. Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners, joins us to talk a little bit about it. And uh, T-Row, I got to know, were you surprised at all to see that Braden Fink made the decision after missing a year due to an injury to come back to the Sooners for the 2020 season? I think based on where he was drafted, it was – expected that you know it was likely that he was going to come back he uh he got drafted in the later teens i believe mm -hmm. 18th 19th round something yep. like that he is going to be a red shirt junior next year so he doesn't lose all of his leverage um you know theoretically he could come back for two more years in other words so he'll he'll still be able to uh demand a nice uh, uh signing bonus next year if he has a good year he, he's coming back from um, getting that arm fixed up. But if he is 100% healthy, and they've gotten so good at that surgery now that, you, you know, usually you are, it's a, it's a tremendous addition, re-addition to their bullpen. And I think that's probably where he'll stay. He is, you know, he'll take the Legend Smith role back what legend did last year and become that left side of the bullpen um seventh eighth ninth inning guy when you when you need a big out against a left-handed bat or or more than that i mean he can go a whole inning if you need to but he's got really good stuff now before he got hurt uh the coaches said his velocity had taken a major jump up last year wow uh like he was up into the mid 90s and you got a lefty with a filthy breaking ball who also has a mid-90s fastball, that's what had scouts drooling. And will again if, if he can regain that look. But, you know, you add Fink back into a bullpen that's going to, again, contain Wyatt Olds and Zach Matthews, and hopefully we'll hear that Jason Ruffcorn, you know, selfishly, hopefully we'll hear that he's decided to come back as well. Uh, that's, that's something to be excited about. I'd say so. I mean, I was – legitimately you, you never know what might be going through a young man's mind when that opportunity yeah. to go regardless of of where you were taken but you know I kind of thought when you get drafted by an elite organization like the Dodgers Toby it is tough to say no but I'm, I'm glad <laughs> I think he you did. saw I think you saw a more um you know kind of across the board this year and and uh this is maybe different than the last few years anyway with OU you saw some guys like Fink, like Brady Lindsley, like Brandon Zaragoza, like Jason Ruffcorn, who said before the draft, here's my dollar amount. If you want to meet that, great. If not, I really like the team we've got coming back next year. We think we got a chance to go to Omaha. I'm excited to come back and play for OU. 
you know, that, ha- I don't know that it's a bit verbalized that way, but we've seen almost everybody that's been drafted the last few years has gone. Even if it's been in some of the latter rounds, they've decided to jump on their chance to go to pro ball. So I think that indicates maybe a little bit of a change in the mindset of, of the players, and it also tells you how they feel about how good they think they could be next year. That's exciting, man. That pumps me up to hear that kind of news involving a guy. And I think I even texted you this weekend. I was surprised to see that Zaragoza, even though I I know that he still is is developing, but with a glove like that, you would think, and again, I'm untrained mind, but you'd think that would be something that scouts would be drooling over. So I was surprised whenever I saw that he wasn't drafted. But as you said, you said a number out there. If you don't mean it, I'm coming back. And that might have scared some people off. That's true, and he and I don't know. I haven't talked to Brandon, but he's got uh, you know a family situation that they're dealing with right, right now, where he might have just said, "Listen, I'm not, I'm not coming out." I, I don't know that he did that, but gotcha. I think it's entirely possible that he said, "I'm getting my degree, I'm going to spend some more time with my mom, and don't draft me." No, that, that happens. I don't know if that happened or not, but it, it happens, and I would say I agree with you. A guy of that skill level. It, it, it sounds like something to that extent probably happened or else somebody would have taken a flyer on him. And again, Fink went in the 19th round. He was the 581st selection overall to the Los Angeles Dodgers. But he'll jump back into the bullpen next year and will be a huge addition to this roster after missing last year with an injury. By the way, Fink made it official on his own Twitter feed by releasing the statement. I would like to say thank you to the Dodgers organization for believing in me and selecting me in the draft. After consulting with my parents and the great people around me, I have decided to return to school for my junior year to play baseball and get my degree from this great university, Boomer Sooner. So uh, as we talked about with Toby, great news for Sooner baseball. Well, it was a, it was a heartbreaker. It was a, a gut punch. It was, a, I can't really think of, of a, more fitting way to put it it was sad it was sad to say goodbye to this incredible senior class of six standouts who will not soon be forgotten and of course that amazing moment in the seventh inning against UCLA down to their last out Shea Knighton drives a ball over the left center field wall it was uh, it was an amazing moment probably one that if you were watching, I know if you were listening, and definitely if you were there, you will never, ever forget. And it kind of put an exclamation point on what was the true fight and the true heart of this uh, crew who came up just short in forcing a game three against UCLA. Late last week, I had a chance to catch up with Jessica Cootie from Sooner Sports TV, and uh, we'll get to talking about the team in just a bit, but I want to start by talking to Jess about her incredible piece that she put together. It is the pinned tweet right now at OU underscore softball. It is uh, the impact that these, not just seniors, but this entire team has made on a whole new generation of softball fans and female uh, and young female athletes and, and young girls. And Jess, I just wanted to start by saying kudos. It's awesome. But take me through the idea. I mean, you shot this. You obviously created this. You came up with the idea for it all on your own, did all the work by yourself. So I just kind of wanted to get some perspective on where the idea came from and kind of what drove it because it really set an amazing tone for Game 2 in the championship series. Yeah, um, it was I don't even know how it came to me, to be honest with you. It was 
you know, I had the conference that I went to last week and got to meet and talk with a bunch of like very, um, you know, amazing storytellers across the country and all these different places. That's one thing that's really grown. And I'm really proud of the way OU has done. Um, I feel like we kind of uh, were trendsetters in that area and the way that we were really telling stories. And now to see that it's kind of, um, you know, across the country, all these different um universities and athletic departments have people that are just designated to telling feature stories. And so, you know, just, I kind of came back and it literally landed and was thinking about, um, you know, wanting to do something different than the normal, just like um, practice or stand up recaps, you know? And so I was thinking like about just the way that it's attended uh, the, the, you know, the, how many, people were in the stands and the way that the tickets sold out and I had people asking me for tickets you know and it's just (laughs) really incredible and and just the way that this team has followed and I'm just like you know I just think about um you know all those different little girls that are sitting up in the stands that just want to be on that stage one day and you know thinking about you know this team also and it tied in with Lauren too you know thinking about how you know Kaylee was a big fan of Lauren Chamberlain, and then that was a big reason why Kaylee wanted to wear OU. And so it just kind of, like, got my mind just started turning about, you know, the way that this, you know, the Women's College World Series is attended, the way Sooner fans are, all these little girls that are in the stands, and then how you dream of being on that stage, and then how, you know, these these players right now were those little girls one day dreaming of being on this yep. stage, and now they're inspiring the next generation. And I just kind of... I don't know. My wheels just started turning. How can we, how can we show this and the impact that they make and kind of flashing back to what they once kind of did and, and how they once kind of dreamed. And, um, you know, so then it just, I didn't know what I was going to do when I started it, to be honest with you. I, I shot, um, coach Riley's daughter and, and, um, coach Beatenbow's daughter and, and Benny Wiley's daughter of hope and, um, Sloan and uh, Lacey, I shot them all first, and then I didn't really know where I was going with it. And then, of course, I uh, got your daughters involved, and then um, the Selmans, and then uh, my cousins. I just called everybody that I knew with daughters, and um, kind of lined it up. And then when I started editing, it just kind of came together, and it was awesome. I mean, it was really cool to see the team's response to it. I got a text from Coach Gasso talking about how it was at the perfect time, and. You know, I just I kind of think you know it just kind of got very intense. You know, for this team, there's so much high expectations, and I think it kind of was a reminder that hey, you dreamed of being on this stage, no matter what happens, and and the light that you provide, and the impact that you've made, the people that the little girls that you've inspired. That's what it's really all about when it's all said and done. You know, and it was kind of interesting because. I was thinking about Sid a lot last night, Jess, late, and I think you and I have shared this story before, But uh, and Sid and I joked about it at her senior day, or I guess I should say at their final home game during the regular season, and I'll never forget the Sid Romero that as a freshman, you know, the freshmen sit in the front towards the staff, the seniors get to sit in the back whenever you're traveling on the bus, and when they left Vegas, she had left her family for the first time after being away for college. Vegas was our first trip for this freshman class. And she was emotional, and she was sad. And understandably so, your first time away from home, you finally get to see your family again, and what happens after three or four days? you got to leave again. And to see that, that, young, that young 
girl become a woman and be the one who's comforting people last night, to be the one that, while sharing tears, is giving hugs and giving words of encouragement and is a person that everyone looks up to now. That's that, that's that growth that you see from freshman to senior year and that leadership that she provides. She is just – she's something else. She's going to be uh, – she's on that Mount Rushmore, I think, of, of sooner greats, isn't she? Yeah, and I think you've said it before, too, kind of did so quietly a little bit. You know, yeah. I mean, until this year, uh, really – it was un- unbelievable what she did, but, you know, while she consistently, and you've said it before, she could have been the Big 12 Player of the Year several different years that she played at Oklahoma, but, like, you know, you, she kind of gets overshadowed maybe a little bit by the pages, Paige Parker, Paige Lowry, and then, you know, obviously Shay Knighton played unbelievable, um, you know, at the World Series, so, you know, she's the MVP their freshman year, and then, or the sophomore, freshman or sophomore year. Either way, you know, it's just kind of while she's always been unbelievable and been a star, there's been other stars to go along with her that, you know, maybe overshadowed a little bit just how incredible she was for four years, you know, which not a lot of people can say. And so, um, you know, I mean, you think about even I think like Lauren would, would, Chamberlain would admit it, you know, she's one of the best players or one of the most decorated and, and, um, you know, one that is most recognizable in this program, but yet even she had the one year that she was really plagued by injuries. And to think like what Sid did and without getting hurt and to be able to consistently be on the field and deliver the way that she did night in and night out. And the fact that, you know, again, at times it never really was flashy by any means, which is, I think, um, a testament to how it, it was a um, it was bigger than just softball for her. You know, it wasn't about her. It was about her team. It was about winning and doing things the right way. And, yeah, I mean, what an incredible career. And I think it just, again, it kind of snuck up on us a little bit. And you look at it this year like, wow, you know, she's one of the best to play here. And you just don't, you know, you just are going along as they're here. And then it's just like you wake up and they're done. But I thought the way that she handled it kind of, and really the whole senior class, I mean, yeah, they're sad, but it wasn't like they, I don't think, I think they obviously regretted Monday night. I think absolutely that was uncharacteristic for them. That was not how they wanted to play. But I think knowing the way that they went out last night was very much um, kind of allowed for them to have some peace about the whole thing because you know if you you don't want to leave you don't want to leave with regret. You don't want to leave things on the table. And I think they the way that they responded. You know, I, I think they could leave and, and with their head high. And UCLA was on a mission. I mean, OU was doing – and Coach Gasso said that, but it was like – you know, it was almost just like it was their time. They had players hitting bombs that hadn't hit, you know, all season. And, and the way that right. they kind of stepped up and, you know, it's just – it was almost like it was just their time. You know what I mean? Jess, uh, I know this is hard to put into words – and and I and I do want to talk a little bit about the World Series run and the playoffs in general, our postseason in general. But you've done features on uh, just about every member of this class. You did a, a feature on Sid, an incredibly heartfelt deep dive into Kaylee Clifton and everything she's been through. Uh, obviously, Fale and her Polynesian heritage. Uh, Shay, I mean, it, you, you're. This is, I don't know, you're, you're great friends with Lo Chamberlain. You started covering whenever she was, what, a freshman. But you grew pretty tight with this senior class, and it's a pretty special group. I know we talked about Sid, but just as a whole, Patty said it 
last night, best senior class they've had, and you kind of brought up a great point a few weeks ago. feel like we say that every every year or so, don't we, with the senior class that's moving on. But this, this really is. And, you know, I saw a lot of tweets. I mean, Jenny Finch, you know, put out a tweet last night thanking the senior class. I, I heard it a lot and throughout this entire last week about how not just at Oklahoma, but arguably the best senior class to have played softball at this point. Like a lot of people were saying that one of the best is not the best, you know? And so I think, you know, I just think again, and, and I saw a lot of tweets about how, you know, you know that um, the program has arrived when you're disappointed when they lose in the national championship game. You know, I mean, this is a standard that's been set, but it's so hard and it's so, I mean, I just feel like with softball, and I've, I've had this conversation with, you know, Harley before. I've like with softball, I mean, it is such a difficult sport to go win a national title. I mean, things have got to go your way. And it is that way with every sport, but I feel like especially with softball. I mean, it is, there is a lot of parity, and you might have to be facing a pitcher that is just dealing, you know, or something. I mean, it, the bats don't go, and, and it's just so many things have to go into place. And for them to have won two back-to-back, then have finished fourth, and then to have got to where they got this year. And, again, this whole time, the target's on their back. And for them to have handled everything the way that they did and still have been able to perform and get to where they got to, it's just you can't put it into words. And it's going to be, um, you know, I think, and you heard Nicole Mendez talking about last night and, and G. Juarez about the – the standard that's been set. And I just really think that there from here on out, people are going to want to live up to that standard. And so, you know, you lose an incredible senior class, but you got a really good one coming in. You've got, you know, some really awesome players and key players. I mean, look what Nicole Mendez, you know, did this last week and, and Jocelyn and, um, you know, so many players, the freshmen that, what they've done and, and, you know, the freshmen coming that will be coming in. I just think like the standard now will have been set. This is what they expect and, and they want to, you know, keep living up to that. Jess, how about this run? I mean, just in general, uh, we talked about the senior class, but, you know, they faced adversity throughout the entire postseason, you know, getting beat on Sunday against Wisconsin, losing on Sunday against Alabama. This team always found a way. It was a, a pretty special group. Sorry, I missed. What did you say? Sorry. I was just saying how uh, they overcame adversity consistently, and just how special of a group this was. Oh, the yeah, the uh, the softball team. The I'm sorry, I was uh, didn't even hear you come back on. I was uh, had my headphones. No, no worries. Um, no worries. No, so yeah, I mean, I I I just think you know the way that uh, they've just battled through um, you know a lot of different things. That I I mean. The I don't know the and then the things that you don't even know I, I think you always kind of take away that you know we, you and I can't really talk about with with any team but you know that you don't know behind closed doors what's going on and and then you can see and really appreciate uh, you know what they were able to accomplish it makes it even that much more special. Jess, your thoughts on uh, now going forward with this team? All right, now it's impossible to replace. Sid Romero, Kaylee Clifton, and Shea and Fallout, just from what they've meant to this program. But you've got an incredible recruiting class coming in. You've, you've had to replace incredible talent before, maybe uh, not like this, but still it's just 
there's been great players who have come through this program. And, boy, you had a lot of really talented freshmen that got to sit and learn a lot this year, too. I'm, I know we've got football between now and then. We've got a basketball season before we get there. But I'm so intrigued to start thinking about what that lineup might look like that next year. I mean, it's always the most popular conversation following a loss, right? Right. Is, is what right. does it look like next year? And, you know, I think anytime you've maybe thought, oh, well, how are they going to replace this person or this person? I mean, like, time and time again, you've seen Coach Gasso reload this team, and that's what it is. It's not a rebuilding year ever for this program anymore. It's all about a reloading year. And, you know, that's why year in and year out she gets some of the top recruits in the country. I mean, it's they people want to come here and play here because they want to go play on the stage that you just saw them play on them last night. And you know that Coach Gasso is going to be a, and her staff is going to be the staff that gets you there. And so I think, um, you know, the way that they still are getting the best players year in and year out, obviously, you know, it's a way that a program's run. But, you know, as we've seen in every sport again, you know, it, a big part of that is the talent that you bring in and who you got coming in, those recruits that come in year in and year out. And the fact that, you know, she keeps bringing in some of the best in the country. Um, you know, you, you can't help but just think that it's not going to drop off much. Um, but with a leadership like that, you know, you, you think I think back to that year, I kind of compare. I feel like we haven't had a senior class like this in any sport. It, you know, it reminds me of a lot of the Buddy Heald, Isaiah Cousins, Ryan Spangler class. I mean, you've had incredible leadership and you've had incredible players that, you know, were playing their final year. But as far as a class goes and what they've meant to a program – I can't. Can you think of any of a senior class like this on any sport? Oh man, you you use the Buddy and Isaiah comparison with Spangler. That's that's pretty good. But again, you know, there's that asterisk as you asterisk, excuse me, as you mentioned, they never won a title. But Jess, I I think you and I would need days to kind of sit down and go over even even in our. Uh, I guess what you could say relatively short time. You know, your first year here was 11. Um, I know we've done this before and I can never remember. But even in, in our short time, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to imagine someone being more impactful. I'm sure we could dig in. But, I mean, this, you're right. I mean, I, it, it would be, it would take a lot of research. Yeah. So, I, I mean, just like since I've been here and, and – you know, the way that it was really tough to replace. And, and basketball is completely different, and, and I get all that, but it's, it's still kind of like the same on any sport. Maybe maybe the Baker Mayfield senior class with Oboe and all of them, maybe you could throw them in there um, in that conversation too. And, again, since I've been here. Um, so, I don't know. It's, it's always tough when you are replacing that kind of leadership. And, and, you know, again, you think about what they did, their contributions on the field, but it's just as important as how they get this team, how they set the tone in the weight room and what they start doing right now. Right. You know, and, and who kind of steps up and, and becomes that person. So, you know, who becomes that person, we'll see. You know, that's kind of, you know, what what is uh, is always fun about when this happens is who's going to be that person. So um, it's always a challenge. You never know what how a team, how a program is going to respond when you lose some, a class like that. But I just feel like with, with the pieces that you got coming back and, again, another loaded uh, freshman class that will be coming in, you can't help but continue to have those high expectations with this program. All right, Jess. Um, I, it's so far away, I hate to even bring it up. But player you're most excited to see step into a starring role next year? 
Is there someone that I'll, I'll, I'll throw one out while you think, cause you know, I'm obviously a dork and I over follow this thing, but I'll, I'll throw one out player. I'm most excited to see, hopefully make that step into a, a big time role next year. Sammy Skelly. I think, I think Sammy was a freshman who got to watch a lot now. And, and there's always that thought, you know, you go back historically in this program. You and I have had this conversation a thousand times. Katie Self and Aaron Miller didn't play a lot as a freshman. I mean, I, I think Aaron was a pinch runner and Katie was a, uh, a defensive substitute at time. And they were captains that senior year that won a national championship team. Not everyone can be Grace Green, Grace Lyons, Sid Romero, Fall Alo, Chamberlain, and come in and play day one. But I'm so excited to see what Sammy Skelly can do. She loves Oklahoma Sooner softball. I think she's got the potential to be a big-time power source as a des- as a DP because they're going to need to fill that spot with Grace Green now likely going to first base. That's someone that maybe fans didn't see a lot this year that I'm ready to see jump into a, a potential starring role. Is there anyone that kind of jumps to the front of your mind? Well, let, let me, and I'll, I'll let you kind of dive in on this a little bit. I think Grace Lyons is the next superstar. Oh. And yes. I think just people got to see a little bit, and and again, you heard some of the comments that were made. That's a freshman making that play, and the the, the smarts, the the way that she plays, the mind that she has for the game. You know, again, I think you know maybe seeing her hitting come along, which that's a that's a, we've seen her hit some home runs, we've seen her power. That's something that could come along, right, and be something that's yeah. that's very uh, deadly for this lineup, right? I mean, she didn't hit as well as maybe some of the others in the lineup but i think that's something that could come along right no yeah absolutely oh i think you know what i was thinking about this this is this stupid stuff i do after we lose a game i started putting together a lineup for next year <laughs> kind of, now again i haven't seen any of the freshmen play and i'll never forget sitting with jocelyn i've got my my spotter boards built for game one next year uh, I, and i don't even know when we're playing or where we're playing but i I look at Grace Lyons, Jess, as somebody who I think can become that Kaylee Clifton in this lineup. And I think she can hit two-hole. I think she can hit three-hole. I I think she could – you know, I think Grace Green could be a leadoff hitter. I really do. But I think Grace Lyons is someone who could be that two-three-hole hitter maybe uh, over the next couple of years. And if, if Coach Casso is listening or JT, they might be like, what are you talking about? But that's just me and my – untrained die but yeah i think i think that's someone who i you know i i maybe reached a little bit too deep that's a great point on your part because she's going to become one of the faces of this program along with jocelyn and grace green uh and nicole mendez next year well of course the eight pitchers that they're going to have on staff as well hey last thing too i mean could there be a transfer come in you know i mean the way that the rules and and with softball and the sport i mean and Look at G. I mean, look how yeah. almost every year since I've been here, they've had a transfer that's come in. It's played Shelby Finley. It's played a significant yeah. role. So you never know what that might look like um, in the next few months as well. All right. So, uh, Jess, what's the next few weeks look like for you? Do you get to exhale a little bit? You know, we're 88 days away from football. I mean, we've got to go hit the trails up and play some golf. What's the next few days like? Well, I'm, I'm working on my summer series, the featured series. Um, so that will be airing um, in um, all, on Fox all throughout the summer. Um, they re-air those things over and over again. So all, all my favorite features from the year. And then um, getting that said to Fox today. And then, um, yeah, I'm going to go to Sentinel America next week. And then uh, from there, we'll uh, start working on football content. 
By the way, when you're watching that, there is a cameo appearance from the Plank Girls, both Emma and Gwen. So unfortunately, I think they are doomed to look just like their father, but uh, it was uh, it was pretty cool. Got me. I won't lie to you. I think anyone who watches it. Uh, you get a little emotional. You get a little choked up whenever you see it. So really, really good job by Jess on that piece. Go watch it. It's only about a minute and a half, uh, and it's the pinned tweet right now at OU underscore softball and at Soonersports.tv. Well, that's going to do it for this early week edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Again, we'll drop a new episode on Friday. We'll get Toby to jump back on with us. We are planning to talk to Braden Fink. I've, I've asked our buddy Eric Collier to make it happen, so I know that there's a lot going on with camps and, you know, both for the – uh, for, the, for the student athletes, I'm sure to try to get back home for a little bit, recharge the batteries. Some of the baseball players already off to play summer ball, so we'll try to hook up with Braden Fink. If not him, hopefully Skip Johnson. As we mentioned, we've bugged Ben Cole to Jelly to get poo on, and we'll keep our fingers crossed that we can hear from Patty or JT coming up for the tailgate. Until then, everyone have a great week. And even though there's no games going on, boomer sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.